electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer. David Faber is back. Futures are steady as the bulls try for a third week of gains, something we've not strung together since last fall. Uh, Shanghai's lockdowns in focus, oil's down, more curve inversions ahead of a bunch of data this week, ISM, auto sales, and a jobs number. Our roadmap begins with the Tesla surge, though. Shares are popping ahead of the open as the EV maker announces plans to split a stock. Uh, plus, Apple's demand perhaps waning. The Nikkei reporting the company plans to cut output for its iPhone SE by 20% next quarter. And uh, it is a Monday. We do have some deal news, not a lot, but HP uh, buying the workplace communications company Poly. CEO Enrique Lori is going to join us later this hour. By the way, AMC vowing more, quote, transformational deals to come. Its CEO, Adam Aaron, also joining us in just a few minutes, Carl. We'll start, guys, with Tesla, though. In this SEC filing, the company discloses it will ask shareholders to vote at this year's annual meeting to authorize additional shares in order to enable a split. Comes almost two years after Tesla enacted that five for one. Uh, whispers, Jim, of uh, dividend motivations here. What do we think? Well, look, I think that we're all trying to figure out and gauge the uh, level of excitement about the market and whether it's been quelled, whether there's still people who buy on dip, whether there's still a lot of retail we'll have out of Adam or on talk about the apes in retail. This shows me that perhaps there's too much enthusiasm uh, versus what we're seeing from, say, the Mike Wilsons of the world, once again, saying that uh, bonds are sending the wrong message. I, I don't want to see Tesla go up on split. Obviously, I want to see it go up on, uh, I would say, on production. And yet the Shanghai news indicates that production is maybe down in, uh, in China. So, David, you know, you get the enthusiasm about a split, but you don't necessarily get a ramp up of... of uh, Production, maybe that's uh, not as significant, the split not as significant as the production. Yeah, and that production uh, coming as a result of the lockdowns in Shanghai, yes. Yes. which are incredibly large, what, half of the city at one time and then the other half the next as they try to deal with a COVID outbreak there. Still having the zero tolerance policy in China, which many, of course, pretty much the rest of the world has given up on any hope of Even that. Hawaii. Even Hawaii, <laughs> even Hawaii finally uh, gave in on their mass protocols inside. I don't know. I'm, I'm concerned about what kind of vaccination process they have in China that uh, you would have such a severe lockdown. Because here, you know, people just accept. I mean, we get famous people getting COVID every day. It's like kind of like, oh, really? OK, so COVID. All right. She got COVID. He got COVID. I mean, and, and there it seems like that it, it, to try to stem it would seem to be like putting fingers in a dike. I don't know how you do it. Uh, it is their biggest lockdown in a couple of years. As David said, they'll do half of the city. Uh, I heard some reports this morning, B of A's note talks about traders with sleeping bags so they can stay at work and keep operations going. Uh, is that why oil's down 5%? Yeah. I mean, people just think that it's suddenly demand is is not where it should be. I got to tell you, I get production numbers from Rusty Brazil from RBN. Production's not up. I mean, I think that you have to buy oil on weakness every time. I buy it on weakness. I buy Chevron at 166. Why? Well, because I don't think that China necessarily correlates with worldwide demand, but supply has simply not increased at all. And by the way, what happened to the idea of maybe Russian supply coming on? Well, that, well we did have a couple scary, uh, I mean, I guess nervous headlines. One is that uh, the Germans say, we're not paying uh, for your uh, gas in right, rubles. So and then Russia replying a few moments ago on the tape, at least, saying, well, that might spark a, a halt of your supply. Then oil goes through the roof. Potentially. There's also the question as to what Russian productivity is going to look like six months out, I think. I don't know how much focus this has gotten, but, you know, for example, Sockland and other uh, other parts of their oil complex that have been run in part by large multinationals. Right. 
I mean, whether they can maintain out, production? Can they maintain without production? Without slumberjay technology? Correct. It's not clear. Uh, does it become more like what we saw Venezuela become uh, in Man. terms of the cut, in, the significant cuts in production once they nationalize so much of their oil, That's or the they point. nationalize their oil uh, business, so to speak, and all the multinationals pulled out? I mean, it's not clear the Russians have the technological prowess to actually be able to continue at the same levels that they were. Well, uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, the kind of technology that it takes to get more out of a well is all American technology. And I know Slumberjay is more of an international company, but it's, it's absolutely true that you cannot do as well without these great service companies that are American technology. Yeah, and then remember Exxon, obviously, and, and some of its partners who have pulled out of Sockland, which is not an unimportant component of production right. there. So that's over time, but not that much time. You know, that could no. be three to six months. You could see a, a reduction in the actual production out of Russia. Not to mention the continued question as to what's going to be purchased or not and how much on the open market and at discounts. Hence, that's why I, I want to buy, well, Chevron 165, because I just see it's, it's the production side that's in trouble. And more, in, than, more than demand. Yes, and in the United States, I'm going to go back over to all these different producers and they reiterate, Jim, you keep expecting us to break discipline. We're not breaking discipline except for the private equity players, David, who are still have to pump in order to be able to come public or get a bid. Or actually just generate a lot of cash flow. They need cash flow. Yeah. Uh, Baker Hughes, rig count's been inching up. I mean, does that, does that it, mean it, anything? It's still private companies. Uh, the big guns are represented by Devin with Rick Moncrief, the CEO, just says, look, what are we going to like ramp up now? The forward curve shows that oil will be lower a year from now. So we'll end up spending our money unwisely and people will sell our stocks. So, I mean, and Devin's another one that I think is great. I think these companies are, they've really got religion about uh, being about being reckless. Plus, by the way, the cost of a well, just like a lot of things like building a house, the raw costs have gone up so much that the actual profit isn't as great. Right. But there'll be a lot of political pressure saying that this is really the result of policy as opposed to the desire of shareholders that is, that is keeping production from what it could otherwise be would seem that that might not be correctly placed. Uh, that, and we talk about it every day, the desire for uh, buybacks and right. return of capital uh, through buybacks and or dividends is really what's motivating many of these companies not to increase production dramatically. Uh, totally right. There, you've got the president saying, listen, we will commit. Uh, you would have to have a lot of different moving parts go to be able to make it so Europe has enough natural gas. But the easiest one would be is to let the pipelines be pipelines. But the FERC, which regulates that, is blocking a lot of the pipelines that the president seems to want. Guys, let's turn to Apple this morning. A bit down in the pre-market. Sources tell Nikkei the company will cut its planned iPhone SE output by 20% and reduce AirPod production as the Ukraine war with Russia looming inflation starts to dent consumer electronics demand. They win Best Picture last night with Coda. Um, Katie Huberty with a note today saying, are we on the cusp of moving from shipments and ASPs to monetizing the installed base? She thinks so. Tim's fought me on that for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> if he goes along with the uh, Tim Cook's, you know. Oh, thank uh, you. By, by yes. the way, congratulations well, you, to you, Duke. I mean, Eddie Q, much more of a fan even than Tim Cook. But here, here's, well, equal fan, but one more exuberant. Uh, here's what I, I have to say about that cut. Tim Cook told me once, he said, Jim, anytime you read a story which says the source, multiple sources have said we've cut because of X, those stories are not true. They just don't do that. So here's this Nikkei story. A lot of people are going to sell Apple. I say own Apple, don't trade it. Pretty simple. Even though it's been up for many straight days. I don't, I'm not saying that the story could be true. I'm just saying that the idea that, they're, that the suppliers are telling the press, uh, hey, listen, you know, Tim has said no. That's just not true. Tim does not, Tim Cook does not do that. Just doesn't. Yeah. I will add, uh, J.P. Morgan is looking at lead times, that's which they different. say are not perfect, and right. that's ex-China for sure, but they are on the lookout for maybe shipping expectations that need to be reined in. Well, if it's $2 million versus, say, what Katie Huberty's talking about, I mean, remember, if you get, if they start charging a subscription, you'll be getting more and more from this, mm -hmm. and you'll be paying more. And remember, there's no uh, bad debt here. Everybody pays. I mean, I use a credit card all the time. But I would like to have a bundle credit card. I mean, there isn't any. I mean, I've changed my password a bit hacked a couple times. And I just realized how much I rely and pay these guys the way I used to pay American Express. That's how much I use it. Didn't Buffett call it one of the biggest values in the world? Thousand bucks to basically run your life. It is. And then T-Mobile will pay it for you. 
right? I mean, I, I have Timo. I have Mike Seifert on. I know usually he's usually your guest. Uh, not usually I, my guest, but I do enjoy but, having Michael on when we can get him. Yeah. Right, but he's there. He pointed out that everybody's giving away the high-end phone. It's a thousand dollars. I mean, you can't beat it. If you want an Apple phone, you go to T-Mobile, which has like the best coverage. They give you the phone. Then you run up the subscription. The bill comes out at 3 a.m. So nobody sees it except for me. And I, sometimes I see it because I'm going to sleep. Sometimes I see it because I just get up. But there it is. I think T-Mobile's go. going to take the first part of your statement there and use it in a national ad campaign. Yeah, they probably will. Yeah, they probably will. But By the way, we should Ledger. mention with Apple, I don't know that this what? moves the stock. The win last night at the Oscars, Coda. Uh, for streamer to actually no, win best no, picture. we crush that will move this Excuse me? Uh, there's a rework kind of a, kind of a docu-journal. Yes, I've seen that. Yes. Well, that could move. That could that move, could move. Actually, <laughs> interestingly, um, you know, I sat here for quite some time discussing the fact that Apple did not seem fully committed to streaming, wow. really questioning the robust nature of their catalog. Well, I, no, many but times I've disputed you on but, this. And, they, and I think... It was true, but they have obviously stepped up a lot in terms of their spending. And by the way, their ne- the big movie that really, in many ways, got a lot of people's attention was when they actually spent on Emancipation. Yeah, I know. And you know, that's their next really big movie, and you know who the star of it is. Do you hold it uh, up when you want to be? The star of it is Will Smith. You went there. <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm I was just telling you to go there. that I mean, how could the first thing I read this morning? I'm just telling you that Will Smith's next big movie, and I know because I know some people working on this movie. It's a huge uh, uh, movie, Emancipation. It is going to be on Apple TV. It, when they signed the deal and they had a lot of competition, it was a notable story at the time because it did show that Apple was really a competitor here. Of course, the bigger question for Apple as we watch <laughs> is. Um, do they ever consider trying to acquire anything to continue to bolster their efforts you know there? Or do they simply grow way. this organic? It has not been their and way this at is all. Eddie Q, who and just is having the time of his life, and Tim Cook loving shows, who he's always loved series and shows. I mean, look, they're great consumers of it. They always said, listen, don't rush us. Now, do you use, when you sign in, do you sign in by, with the, the QR code? How do you sign when you want to get the... I read books. I don't really watch well, any we, TV. We, what the, the investing club? What are what you talking, are you, what are you about? talking no, about? No, you can go when you go to be on Apple Plus. It's very simple now. Ah, you know, you just go like this. Can I put it to my TV? Yeah, it's just so easy. You wouldn't believe it. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we do AirPlay quite a bit. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Boom. That's I got good to it. know. Do you want to run that Will Smith yeah. clip again? Because I've got this. By the way, we, so t- I watched we it turned this. it off at like 10.15. We missed it. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. A lot of people like, did the same thing, but. Definitely getting reminded of uh, the move today and what it may mean for Hollywood down the road. I'm just going to ask you, I I want a little poll here. Who was scared, more scared of nuclear war after the regime change comment? Excuse me? Regime change comment by President President Biden, yes. This man should not stay in power. Did you cancel, say, a vacation to Italy? I did not. I did not. I think the approach for the possibility of nuclear war should be to live your life to the fullest. That would be my advice to you. I also have not canceled my European. Yeah. Well, I let's think you're say, making a mistake in doing let's that. Let's just say it. Long Island looks pretty good. <laughs> it's a beautiful island. Yeah. At least parts so, of it. So it's Ireland, too. Ireland doesn't go that way. Not quite as nice <laughs> I mean, as the big know, island of Hawaii, but it's okay. Well, some people look like where the wind, prevailing winds go and cancel trip. Uh, we'll see. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts as we are on the lookout for some fresh ceasefire talks uh, this week. When we come back, a lot to talk about with AMC chairman and CEO Adam Aaron. Uh, from the movie business to crypto and theaters and a lot more. Take a look at futures. As we said, a uh, big week ahead of data as uh, the Bulls try for three straight weekly gains. Back in a moment. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. 
For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. AMC CEO Adam Aaron says more deals are coming, calling transformation <laughs> all M&A mandatory. But does that sound like something right up David's alley? He joins us now to discuss the Highcroft mining deal, last night's Oscars, and much, much more. Adam, thank you for coming on Squawk on the Street. Always good to see you. Thank you, Jim. Good morning to you both. And look, before I answer any of your questions, I want to apologize to you and to David, and especially to your viewing audience, I was supposed to appear with you about two weeks ago. The lawyers stopped me at the last second. But here I am, and I'm delighted to talk about any aspect of high-crop mining. All right. Thanks. Your apology accepted, of course. Now, I wanted to ask you, I, I thought this was a great move from the point of view that I'm a gold bug. Great move from the point of view that, hey, listen, why shouldn't companies try to figure out attractive ways to make money? But I also felt that uh, if you didn't have such a strong share base of people who really love you, that it might have been interpreted as something that was too different from your core. Well, you know, we knew we were going to take some flack and we did it. Uh, I think I read uh, comments that it was bizarre, it was random, it was stupid, it was idiotic. Except there was one thing that we were certain of. We were going to make a lot of money. Now, you wouldn't think that the normal core competence of a movie theater company is gold mining or silver mining. But in this case at Highcroft, we found a company that was exactly like AMC a year ago, where it had great assets, in this case, silver and gold in the ground, millions of ounces. Uh, and, but it had, it had a cash squeeze, it had a liquidity problem. And our company lived through that, we were expert in raising money. And sure enough, it's only two weeks after we did the Highcroft mining deal, we announced Friday night that we arranged or help to arrange for $195 million of equity to come into this mining company in two weeks. It's already a huge success story. Well, but let me follow up on what you always said would happen. You felt that you could go on the offense in theaters. There are many theaters that have gone under. Obviously, if people return because of these big hits, you can make a lot of money. Why not stick with your core competence? Because it seems like that it's coming your way anyway. Well, we're going to do that, what you just described. There are three things that we're going to do. Remember that the AMC shareholders armed us with a $1.8 billion war chest to play on the offensive. Uh, those numbers as of December 31, 21, the last quarter end. Uh, and we said we're going to do three things with that money. We're going to grow and improve our existing core theater business. And we've already added about a third of the Arclight Pacific Circuit to our system uh, through individual negotiations with landlords. I can tell you that there are going to be more announcements coming about more theaters being added into our system, good ones, important ones, and markets that we, we value. Uh, second thing, we're going to pay down some debt. And third thing, we were going to look for transformational M&A opportunity. And that's what we found in Highcroft Mining. Well, Adam, it's David. You know, again, then back to this idea of core competence and what you just said, you're experts in raising money. It would seem to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you see a real opportunity here as a competence in terms of finding another business, perhaps it is uh, in a cash crunch position and applying what you now have as this following uh, of your shareholders to basically turn their fortunes around, whatever they may be. In this case, it was Highcroft. The next one might be another one. I mean, is that the new core competence of AMC to sort of use these the memesters that you have to help turn around the fortunes of a company because they're willing to put money behind it? Well, um, look, I, I think I have to say the answer to your question is yes. Uh, and we proved it because uh, in addition to the money that Eric Sprott put in, who's a gold and silver mining expert, so we have 
some real credibility in the investment in Highcroft because if it wasn't uh, an impressive uh, mining potential, uh, Sprott wouldn't be there with us with his own money uh, and the money we put in. But like we just raised another $139 million in nine trading days. It's $195 million yeah. going into a company that three weeks ago had a market, uh, I guess it's two weeks ago, had a market cap of $19 million. Uh, this is an enormous amount of capital that the right. capital and, and markets was, are allowing us to inject. Yeah. Yeah, and was facing potentially its own cash crunch. But, I mean, they're going to need as much as a billion to make this true transition. Isn't that, isn't that correct? To sort of get that new mill to process what remains in terms of the mine uh, when it comes to sort of the oxide ore running out and then, you know, being able to process the sulfide ore. Is that correct? Well, you know, we are going to leave the running of the gold and silver mining company to the experts. Uh, we're experts in balance sheets. Eric Sprott is expert in gold and silver. So is high cross mining. But what you described is basically true, although uh, there are exploration sites not yet in full production uh, that are valued at uh, levels that are, uh, you know, infinitely greater than a $19 million market cap. This company was basically priced at bankruptcy levels because it was facing uh, corporate death a few weeks right. after we invested, had we not invested. And so, Understood. yeah, yes. If we want to go into full production, we're going to have to put in a, a, a milling operation. If we want to go into greater exploration, it only takes tens of millions of dollars to explore more than the 2% of the 71,000 acres that currently sit at the Highcroft mine in northern Nevada. Um, Adam, you know, we've had you on now for quite some time during the period where your stock price is, has elevated significantly. And I've been making the point that, you know, many believe your valuation has not been supported by the fundamentals of the movie business. Do these moves reflect that belief of your own, that your fundamentals are not supported, or I should say your valuation is not supported by the fundamentals of the movie business? Yes. And I've been saying that, and AMC has been saying that publicly since last June. And I was on CNBC in October saying categorically that our shareholders had given us a lot of capital. Uh, they trust the current management team. They expect us to deploy that capital in uh, growing AMC and transformational M&A so as to grow into the valuation that currently is out there uh, for AMC. They're expecting moves like Highcroft. And as you know, the market response to the AMC investor in Highcroft was very positive, both for Highcroft yeah. and for AMC. Well, so what, what does the company end up looking like? A, a series mm -hmm. of investments in other companies uh, similar to Highcroft? Well, the, first and foremost, we're going to make sure we get a pandemic recovery of our core business. Uh, going into the pandemic, we were the largest, most successful movie theater company in the world. Uh, that's where we are today, but that's not the same thing as we were in 2019. So we're going to continue to bring the old company back. But yes, I think we're going to be doing interesting, exciting things to grow AMC, to transform AMC, to find attractive investment opportunities so that uh, we make sure that we do grow into that valuation that's out there on, on Wall Street every day. If that is all humanly possible, and I can tell you that the management team at AMC and our board, it's, 24, it's a 24-7 commitment to growing our company, transforming our company, making it a bolder and grander company than it was before. Uh, and uh, hopefully it works out well for all involved. All right, well, Adam, let me flip it. Are you surprised, given the success you've had in raising money based on people, shareholders who actually enjoy you, you could say call a personality, or people just believe in you because of your successful track record, are you surprised there are not other CEOs who aren't seeking a level of engagement with their shareholders that would allow them to have much more freedom to do things? You know, if you, Jim, if you'd asked me that question a year ago, I'd say, no, I wasn't surprised. <clears throat> because it was a pretty novel thing that a CEO of a medium-sized public company would embrace retail investors the way we did at AMC. But that was a year ago. Uh, yes, I am amazed now that others have not followed in our footsteps. As you know, I talk uh, with our investors almost every day through Twitter, both the message that I convey and the thousands of inbound messages I get that I actually read myself, uh, it's so important to talk to your shareholders, to talk to investors, to listen to your shareholders, to listen to investors, 
uh, I do think this is the wave of the future. We have great respect for the retail investors uh, who own AMC. I've said many times I work for them. It's their company. I'm a big shareholder too, but it's their company. Um, um, we care what they think. We listen to them. We act. Uh, and yes, I think it's going to be a model for other companies to follow going forward. All right. So in MA further, are you looking for niche opportunities where you know you'll win from day one? Or do you think that, you know what, I think the price of oil might be going higher or maybe you feel that the raw materials are a good investment? I mean, are you is there anything in particular that, that would interest you as a, uh, uh, the next buy? Well, when you go back to high crop, right? Like we knew the response was going to include, they did what? A theater company bought a silver mine in Nevada, a gold mine in Nevada, what? Like we got it. Uh, but you know, if you're ever going to buy into gold and silver at a time when the world is chaotic, with what's going on in Ukraine at the moment, tragic. Uh, these are uncertain times. Precious metals do well in uncertain times. Uh, I think my preference is not to be a speculator. My preference is to be an investor. And yeah. we did think right. that we had an instant win with High Crop because we had every yeah. top in the world we could help them raise money. And the proof's in the pudding. Yeah. We did, and it only took two weeks. Uh, yeah, Adam, finally, I do want to get to, to the Oscars, or at least to sort of, I mean, the best picture, streamer, uh, barely showed in a movie theater. Uh, you know, reflects the change in viewing habits, of course, of the public. Many say this is the end of the movies in a sense, but also a new beginning. Do you get enough people to fill seats when we can all sit home and watch what is the best picture on any one of our potential streaming options? So you do remember that Spider-Man No Way Home was like 90 days ago. It was only the third biggest movie of all time. I knew you were going to go to Spider-Man, of course. How could you? Is is there ever going to be anything but a Will Smith? I mean, which we want to go to. Superhero movie out of in the movie theaters? Is that it? But wait, but wait. How about what's coming? Uh, I think it was David who asked me, what's coming? You know, Top Gun Maverick in May is going to be huge. Jurassic World Dominion is going to be huge. How about Avatar 2 at Christmas? I've seen footage from Avatar 2. It's going to blow your mind. It's going to be a huge movie. So I've been saying for years that the market is big enough for streamers, theaters to coexist. And I'll say just one last thing. We've been engaged with... Uh, the streamers, especially Apple, Amazon, and Netflix for years, trying to convince them to show their movies in our theaters as well as stream them. Uh, If we can convince them accordingly, I think they will even be more successful than they are now or were last night at AMC as well. We're almost out of time. I, you know, I do have to ask about the Will Smith uh, slap heard around the world. Does it hurt his marketability at all uh, as, a, as one of the biggest movie stars in the world? This is going to be amazing, but that telecast was over four hours long, and I was not there for 10 minutes of it. I went out to get a drink of water at the bar, and they shut the doors behind me and said, you can come in the next commercial break. And those were the 10 minutes where the Chris Rock, Will Smith incident occurred. I didn't see it, and therefore I shouldn't comment. There you go. You didn't see it. Oh, Chris. Water. All right. Well, that's perfect. All right, well, Adam, uh, I congratulate you. I think other CEOs should be trying to cultivate their shareholders. Your uh, shareholders are quite vociferous, by the way. And if you could tell them that I like you in real life, it would certainly help me and my security forces, okay? So I'm going to say this right now before you chase me off the air. Jim, I've known you for over a decade. I think you're an extraordinary financial journalist. I know that in the world of Twitter, people can be a little aggressive with some of the negative things they send. They send some of those to me too, I might add. But I do think the world of you, and I hope that our retail investors cut you some slack. Well, Adam, thank you so much. Good to talk to you. Let's get the opening bell here in the CNBC Real-Time Exchange. On the big board, it's a Terran Orbit all celebrating its listing via SPAC. We'll talk to the CEO of the satellite maker in a little more than an hour. At the NASDAQ, it's Porch Group, software provider to uh, home services companies. Jim, one thing we didn't get to in the first half hour was um, the inversion, more inversions of the curve, 530s yeah. this time. Look, that, it, the, a lot of people feel the curve never lies. 
that it can never be wrong. Um, I, I think that this time, oh boy, one of the things you're never supposed to say, of course, is this time it's different, but uh, we have a lot of people now shifted to the higher, the, the worse the curve goes, the more people think that Jay Powell's going to run into a hard landing, uh, which therefore is causing people to take numbers down throughout the, the entire complex, as if this quarter is going to be, say, the last good quarter, and a lot of companies are going to have to say bad things. I think some I think some will be good, some will be bad. The idea of painting with such a broad brush could be a mistake, Carl. It's certainly what led Morgan Stanley to cut some banks. Uh, they cut Citi to underweight, 60 target, although they do up Bank of America to equal weight. The broader view, though, from Mike Wilson is that um, in his fire and ice world where ice is the slowdown, the global slowdown, banks, he says, will underperform. Yeah, I, that was an incredibly negative note. Uh, David, when you're away, uh, Mike Wilson has some negative things to say about the market. Sorry, say that again, Mike Jim? Wilson has some negative things to say about the market when you're away. Yes. Just like when before you were. Yes, he's been negative. He's been. Time. Now, I, you know, candidly, the market's been on fire. So maybe now we're ready for ice. Is that the way? Fire and ice? I suppose oh, fire although, although all, like the banks, all the banks are down and have been down this year, uh, which we've talked about well, any number of times. Um, yeah. I guess the City. yield curve. Uh, not helping. It's supposed to, helping. Like, it's supposed supposed to buy them on this. That's yeah, why. aren't they? That's why, that's that's, why I looked yeah. at you with a puzzled No, no, I, because I'm very puzzled. I, it's a group that yeah. we've seen this over and over again, especially in, uh, say, in, in the early 90s where uh, the Fed wanted to reflate the balance sheets. I, I don't buy the negativity of the banks, Carl. I, I also, their, their, their loan reserves, terrific. Uh, but in this, today was about Russia and how that could lead to lower loan growth. And I'm just not buying that either. I, I think that the vast majority of people are like David, which is say, listen, go about your life. Go about your lending. Go about your borrowing. Go about your growing. That's, I don't think that people are saying, oh, Ukraine, I'm not, I'm not doing any business. I don't see that. No. Well, it's, not, it's not Ukraine. It's the energy shock from Ukraine. Right. right? The commodity shock from Ukraine, right? I just, I don't know. I, what happens if the war ends? It's still going to take quite a while for all those other things to, to even out. I mean, we're not going to start buying things from Russia anytime soon. Those sanctions are going to remain in place for a long period of time. Well, the, and unfortunately, the, the country G- of Ukraine is being the GDP destroyed of Russia, by the Russians. GDP of Russia, same as the GDP of Italy, but Russia's got Understood, the world hostage. But, but Russia's to, got to, the world hostage. But to Carl's point, there are certain commodities that are important for certain industries that are produced in abundance by, by well, Russia. And to a certain extent, Ukraine. Let's not forget food and wheat, 13, uh, which is also going to play a role in food inflation. 13% the of the calories are from Ukraine. Okay, so there's Huge the point. Number. So which is it? I mean, it's, well, by deer. That's uh, certainly what uh, JPM says today. Yeah, sell to hold. I mean, where was he during the... I mean, we kind of had like a double going there. Well, he did add Agco to the focus yes, list. Yes, and Agco I had on last week, and they were adamant that and they do more international than deer, that you just, the farmers will buy anything worldwide, and the soy harvest is going to be bad. They are actually predicting famine. It, it was very, the interview was very apocalyptic that I have with Agco. Another thing that made me a little more nervous was just, you know, because famine, as, as they said, does breed revolution historically. So um, there's just, that's why I say there's a lot of apocalyptic talk, and I can't figure out the PE of the apocalypse. Where, where do you think, what do you think cuts the PE of the apocalypse? Take I think it it's infinity. Yeah, I don't think you need to worry about it. That's the good news. Well, you're just so joyous. This is so unlike you. Is it Cashin who argues the world yeah. only ends once? Exactly. Well, so, well the, you know, the nuclear war. You don't right? really need to worry about it. You know, so no, you sell Archie Daniels? So. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's an apocalypse. Yeah. I may have to put together an apocalypse index, really. Just so I'm going to sell spam. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> right? shorting spam right no, now. No, Hormel, actually, there was a downgrade last week with Hormel. I thought it was, I thought it was uh, a little yep. nice. You did. They're did having you? a very good. You love Hormel's you love doing Hormel. well. McCormick is doing well. There's some some of the food companies are, are really, but not Campbell's. Campbell's, they, every day there seems to be right. someone. Well, and, and also similar, RBC takes uh, uh, Altria uh, down today on concerns about Walmart halting Walmart cigarette sales. I've got that stores. confirmed that they that they it is true. I'm trying to get whether it hurts their earnings. We may, maybe remember when CVS, when Larry Merlot came here and and decided to stop selling cigarettes, cigarettes because they want to be more of a health company. I don't know if we have a chart of CVS versus Walgreens. Walgreens, uh, the difference CVS went all health. 
and it's been a remarkable move by them uh, to be. And it, was, it was a wow! Look wow. at that. Will you look at that? They out. They had to outflank uh, Amazon, and they did. They really did. Isn't that amazing? Um, Differential. Obviously, they also own a big insurer, big yeah. health insurer, that was, which does CVS and name Aetna. Uh, but yeah, that's. Really That's a nice reflection on, uh, I mean, Merlot's not running the company anymore, right? Nobody set it up very, very nicely. Well, look, they also got uh, the benefit, you know, so many people went there. I got there, my vaccines there. A lot of people went to get their vaccines because it was, you know, quite frankly, they're everywhere, right? I mean, CVS is pretty much everywhere. And Karen Lynch has done a fantastic job. But look out. We have a new CEO at Walgreen, uh, Roz Brewer, who's Correct. amazing. So I think that they report... Uh, they report this week. I think Ross Brewer, I wouldn't bet against Ross Brewer. Do you, do you wonder like, what might have happened had she stuck around at uh, Starbucks? Starbucks. Yeah, well, Kevin Johnson signaled to us that he was leaving. I did not, I didn't get the signal. Well, neither did the board, apparently, <laughs> as we said many times. They missed the signal. You know, these can be tough to, you know, yeah. tough to. I know. Right. What was the frequency? You know, I didn't know what the was, frequency was. I'm out. A year. Yeah, I'm out I missed that signal during my breakfast they, the with him. I missed the signal during my 16 interviews with him. And I suddenly, didn't get the signal. You know, in March, they're like, "What? Wait!" No, there was a big oh, signal. We better find Howard Schultz because yeah, he's the Nate only Mason's phone number we apparently have. Howard should call in. Urged him to do that. So far, so far unsuccessful. But that'll change. Wait, what? Howard trying to get call a hold in of and Howard. do what? I was trying to get a hold of Howard. Oh, you were. Yeah, well, that's called reporting. To what end? What were you going to ask so far? I failed. What end? Yeah. What's the frequency, Kenneth? I don't know. You don't even know. So you're just no, trying to get a hold of him, but no, you weren't going to ask him anything? No, I would like to know. He's got a five-month succession plan. Yeah. I happen to think that Kevin was doing a great job. I would like to know if it was unions, the the, the union drives. I mean, look, the technology at a, at a Starbucks is extraordinary. Uh, but what are you going to do when you have China locked in? You, you, you go to Shanghai. How are the Starbucks doing right curious. now? It's very curious. Uh, well, just, you don't like the chart. I know you're looking at the red head and I'm not shoulders looking at the chart. I'm just, I, I made this point on the day in question about the board and, and the signaling. We, we had a joke at their expense. We continued to. Well, it's just, but it's not unimportant. It's what a board's supposed I'm to do. I'm just saying that Ross And if Brewer, your CEO gives you a year ahead of well, time signal just, that he's going to leave, you should know well, who is going to take over. Why don't we fill in people about what we're talking about? Ross Brewer left to go to Walgreens. Correct. Only and then a couple of months conceivably before they got the signal. The signal. Yeah. Okay. Leave it. Maybe leave it at that. Maybe that's about where I want to go there. But Walgreens was the winner in this. Yep. And And I'm telling you, this week's going to be crucial. And they uh, and they both benefited from the same COVID tailwinds. By the way, reports uh, over the weekend that the U.S. will be looking to boost those over 50. Rather than 65, would be a pretty big uh, pivot. Moderna's up five percent, I think. Yeah, I know. Now, uh, Walgreens does not fare well in the dropout in the Theranos docudrama because they look so stupid it's incredible dr j you haven't seen it there are no i haven't seen it no it, you might want to give it a look see because uh, walgreens sure was a huge uh, buyer they were but, they were they but got, anyone could have been fooled. former management got sucked in by elizabeth holmes yeah yeah she did this yeah they did One they were not alone no they weren't no no safeway wanted to deal too general mattis was on the board yeah and, Correct, or Schultz, yes. Although his grandson was the whistleblower. Yeah. Uh, it's worth watching. Jim, Adam Aaron mentioned uh, the ape, so to speak, and Coinbase yes. is going to benefit here as Bitcoin tries to erase its losses for the year. Isn't that something? Um, you know, there's this fellow Mike Novogratz. Let's get it. Novogratz has done yeoman work. More people should be like him because it's quite obvious that there is an upward move here, the likes of which is really rather extraordinary. And it's worldwide. Uh, This is at a time when the SEC is trying to make it a security. And I've got to tell you, this is a monster move, better than almost anything other than Tesla in the most recently. And so I've got to tell you, we don't, I wish there really were uh, more champions because it does seem like it's a kind of all retail. And I don't think that's true. I think there's more institutional money than people realize. In, in, in crypto in, in overall. Crypto. I really do. Especially when you see these numbers, say 30, 35% of everybody they claim to own crypto. And it's not just millennials. It's not just Gen X, Gen Z. It's, I think there's, there's institutions. Just that it has not been, as Michael Semble said, people don't transact in it. 
So they, it's a storeholder value or storeholder speculation. But I think, David, I think there's institutions that are buying these. You couldn't move this well. Look at these moves. That's not retail. Well, many of the uh, many of those who um, who talk in favorable terms about crypto have talked about the institutionalization of it as being one of the key drivers, right? right? right. So well, you're saying that's in process. That's happening. Yes. Well, maybe the next move by Adam Aaron. I mean, he goes in a very speculative gold mine. Now, the gold people come on bad uh, money. Explain to us how fatuous this move is, but uh, maybe they're jealous. Speaking of going a positive for the year, Tesla just went positive. For 2022 as well, first time since January. It's been very, very strong. We've seen it in the green here to date. When you want to see what stock is negative, you have to take a look at 3M, which continues to lose its uh, share of these combat arm cases, which is produces tinnitus. And when you go look at the orders by the courts, it's very clear that very sympathetic plaintiffs, and this is going to not go away for 3M. You have to be very careful with 3M. As much as I like the company, my father used to sell Scotch tape. This, this. This lo- these lawsuits are very dangerous for 3M. About the earplugs that did not, Ear- yes. did not operate. 3M says that you know, they, they were fine. But it doesn't matter. When you have a, a, a sympathetic plaintiff like that, 3M has CM. 3M's won many cases, but the big awards are daunting for a company. When we come back this morning, we'll check in with HP and the CEO on their deal to acquire audio and video product maker Poly. Before we go to break, though, uh, keep your eye on Treasuries and the bond market. We mentioned the inversions of 530s. Ten-year got uh, close to 256 today. That's the highest since May of 2019. Right now settling back to just under 246. We're back in a moment. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. HP announcing plans this morning to acquire audio and video product maker Poly. It says it looks to boost its portfolio of hybrid work uh, devices and the like. Joining us now in a CNBC exclusive is Enrique Lori. He is HP's president and CEO. Uh, Enrique, good to have you this morning. Uh, first off, why are, are you buying this company? Well, first of all, thank you for having me here. It's a very exciting day for, for us. It is all about winning in the hybrid world. Hybrid work is opening a key growth opportunity, and the combination of Poly and HP is going to help us to accelerate our leadership in that space, supports the creation of a more growth-oriented portfolio for HP, and it has a very strong financial case. So it's a win combination, and we are incredibly excited about it. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about as much as a 15% compounded annual growth rate for this company. It has not put up anywhere near those kinds of numbers, even during the pandemic and the growth and work from home. And I think it's last year over year number was up 4%. So what are you going to do at HP that's going to supercharge that growth rate at Poly? There are three, three key things we are going to be doing. One is we are going to be accelerating innovation, combining their portfolio with HP's portfolio. Second, it's all about the synergies that we can bring from a go-to-market perspective combining their specialized sales teams in audio-video channels with our retail and commercial teams. And finally, it's also about leveraging our scale in supply chain. Their growth or the lack of growth this year was impacted by the supply chain availability issues, and our scale will really help them to, to grow faster. So, right, all right, they, they did blame on their last call as well, supply chain issues. And you, why can you do better? Uh, what, is, what is it that HP is going to be able to be able to navigate in a way that is going to be allowed this company to, to get past some of these supply chain issues that conceivably held back its growth? 
Well, it's important to realize that in situations like the one we are facing, scale matters. And putting our scale to support and to drive their business will help us to make a difference from a component availability perspective. Enrique, um, thank you for coming on the show. I'm holding up my uh, my Ewa packet right now. And I have to tell you, I find the sound quality particularly poor. I try to watch things on it. It never gets loud enough, even though I know it's Bose. Um, I, I felt, why can't you have better sound yourself? Why do you have to go and buy someone? You're a great company with great technology. I've never felt, felt that the company you're buying has anywhere near the quality of technology that your company has. Well, what, what they have is a very strong portfolio of IP in audio and video. They have 1,100 patents in these two areas. So using those te- that technology to improve not only the quality of our products, but to build a more complete portfolio for hybrid is one of the key reasons why we are so excited about this acquisition. Now, I know that uh, you have Eric Yuan, uh, founder and CEO of Zoom, quoted. Uh, was, did Zoom want this uh, company? Because I know that Zoom is looking for extension of its business. Well, Zoom is going to be a great partner because there is a big change in the audio-video conferencing system to open systems to cloud. We will be partnering with with Zoom. We will also, of course, work with others like Teams with Microsoft because both of them are going to be investing in this area. And it's all really about the experiences we are going to be able to deliver to our customers, combining the quality of the solutions from Poly with our compute systems, with our manageability, we can really create very unique experiences that will help us to grow in this space. Enrique, a lot of this seems to be based on your belief, obviously, that the hybrid work uh, uh, conditions, so to speak, will continue. Uh, You know, that therefore there won't be everybody in the office and that dispersion will lead to more use of these products. I guess you say, what, work from anywhere, 68% Expect to work from home at least three days a week. That was a survey I guess you did last May of 312 end users. You really believe that? 68% of people are going to only are going to work at least three days a week from home? This is actually, for example, what we're going to be doing in the company. We are going to provide flexibility for employees to work from home, to work from the office. And we think that flexibility is going to be key from an employee satisfaction perspective. So this is the model that we are putting in place. And this is one of the opportunities that we see. The other big opportunity that we see is in improving video conference rooms. We also have shared this morning that our estimate is that in the world there are 90 million rooms. Only 10% of them have been have video conference equipment. This market is going to triple in the next three years as people will have to enable that to allow people to, again, work from home and work from the office at the same time. Enrique, hate to resurrect a conversation we've had several times the last couple of years, uh, but we spent some time this morning talking about the Shanghai lockdown and the potential effects on supply chain, electronics, and so forth. Uh, Do you get the sense that they're getting any better at this, uh, managing waves without totally shutting down their production? Well, what we... What we saw in China is they locked down production at the very beginning of the pandemic. Since then, they have been much more selective. And in fact, this has, it has not had a big impact in our production during the last month. So despite of going through lockdowns, it's really not, not impacting us in a severe way. Finally, Enrique. Uh, oh, come on, let's get a couple more. Well, you want a couple more? Yeah, All not? right, go ahead. Enrique, just a quick one. Um, I have this Windows 11 that they slipped down on me. I mean, I don't like open it up. It's like completely different. But I think it runs much better on a brand new HP. This was a windfall for you, isn't it, the, uh, the Windows 11? Windows 11 has helped on the consumer side. On the commercial side, has really not started yet. The transition is going to be starting in the next month. But because of the usability it has, we think this will, be, this will continue to help the strong demand that we continue to see on the commercial side. All right. And now I will get to the finally question, uh, Enrique, which is your stock's down over 5%. Uh, You had a conference call. You've explained to some of your shareholders on our as well why you believe this is a good deal. But are they missing something? It's one day. It's early. But, you know, this is your opportunity to sort of address that. Are you disappointed to see that down 5% number? We, we are buying the, this company for the long term and for the long term value that we think we are going to be creating. We strongly believe in the opportunity that we see on the hybrid space. 
we think this is a winning combination because of the portfolio, the technologies that they have, and the complementarity in go-to-market. And we think we can really scale. And the financial case is very strong. So long term, this is a great acquisition for HP, and we are very confident about that. All right. Well, Enrique, we appreciate your taking time with us. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Uh, you too. Uh, Dow's down 119. Uh, financials and energy uh, not helping much. Uh, Chevron and J.P. Morgan among the worst Dow components. Although Tesla up six is going to help not only consumer discretionary, but help support the S&P holding on to 45.45. Time for Jim and Stop Trading. We're trying to get some companies that uh, stocks have fallen very badly. Uh, people had, uh, had sales on them and being upgrade. Duckhorn, which is symbol Napa, uh, it had been a, a sell. Uh, you know, th- this had been a very, very weak stock. But today, Duckhorn is upgraded by RBC. And I've got to tell you, exposure to higher income, uh, stocks down 25%, visibility in costs, I don't know. So the people who are selling it and selling it and selling it, this was a very positive recommendation. This is, it's a very good company. It's just that I think a lot of people feel, uh, you know, what's the growth? There is growth. Yeah. So, you know, the one thing we didn't get to was Goldman cutting some chips. Microchip, Corvo, oh, Teradyne. Jeez, it, that was, again, on, on the idea that it's cell phone, cell phone. Uh, I'm not kidding when I said that Enrique got a windfall on this, this Microsoft 11. You, you just don't have enough power. Uh, you have to have a new machine. Uh, and particularly the, the, the Ryzen, very good chip. But Intel's a chip, too. So just be aware that in the inners, you go, read, go online and the critics, it's all about how Enrique is, is the beneficiary and Dell of Windows 11, and the rest of us are not. Tonight? Okay, I've got um, Abiumed, which is a company that stock is like, quite, I mean, I see it's like by 400% sippers out of And I don't know if you guys know, uh, uh, Adrian Shapiro, she used to be head of retail, a, a retail analyst at Goldman. Um, Eurasio, she has a, an unbelievable sweater, a sweater product, including Nest. I don't know if you, I always buy Nest products. Yep. And then Herschel uh, backpacks. She's got some new stuff tonight, and it's stuff that you might want to Get your wives. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. Mother's Day is not too far. No. Exactly. It it's a Mother's Day play. I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> about that. Oh, no, we have to go. We'll see you at 6. Yep, okay. Uh, bad money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 